Welcome to the Gritty Leaders Club, a podcast asking the hard questions about leadership. Each episode explores the tension or paradox of leadership, asking how founders, entrepreneurs and scale-up CEOs decide which way to turn. My name is Ben Wales. And I'm Ian Windle. Joining the two of us, we'll have guests, founders and leaders of successful businesses, sharing their stories, as well as authors, keynote speakers and experts digging into the rough and the smooth of leading. If you like what you hear, subscribe and join the club. Tell us your opinion, ask a question or introduce a guest. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome to episode two. This episode is called No Grit, No Pearl, when you and I, Ben, are going to be getting into the substance of what it is to be a gritty leader. But before we get into that, Ben, what's caught your attention since the last episode? A book, Hit Refresh, by Satya Nadella, Microsoft's third CEO. It's more mainstream than a lot of my choices, but I'm interested in Satya's story and how he approaches taking the reins after Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer. Bill Gates provides the foreword and says it was no surprise that once Satya became Microsoft's CEO, he immediately put his mark on the company. Satya begins by returning to 1992 and his first sentence in the book, I joined Microsoft in 1992 because I wanted to work for a company filled with people who believed they were on a mission to change the world. Wow, what a sense of purpose and I can imagine joining an organisation in my mid-twenties with such lofty ambition. And it's also why often I avoid mainstream titles, as this feels like a beautiful leadership story. And where's the grit in that? 25 years later, Satya becomes CEO. The first thing he does is he sets out to the senior leadership team, renewing Microsoft's culture will be my highest priority. And that's interesting how Satya's intent lasted 25 years. And then as he takes leadership of Microsoft, hugely successful in a business that has been known for being fiercely competitive, culture is where he chooses to start. And it'll be an interesting question for us here in future episodes, perhaps, because if you're Microsoft, maybe that affords you the luxury of starting with culture. But if you're a startup or scale-up business, how do you combine that with fighting for your breakfast, getting established and building a customer base and achieving those milestones that are so important when a company is gaining ground? Most don't have the luxury of being number one and defining their market. So I still have the rest of Hit Refresh to listen to, but Satcha has got my attention. How about you, Ian? What's caught your interest? Well, that's a great choice, Ben. And even as a Mac user, I can really admire Microsoft in the last few years because of some of the stuff they've produced, the way they're running the business and some of the hardware, the Surface Pros, etc. They're phenomenal. And I agree they're doing an amazing job. And that's clearly been influenced by him at the top. What's caught my attention? Well, I've been watching The Last Dance, which is all about Michael Jordan, a basketball player, famously of the Chicago Bulls NBA in the USA. He broke just about every record in basketball. In 1999, he was named the greatest North American athlete of the 20th century by ESPN. 
It's on Netflix. It's an extraordinary series of 10 episodes. And I'm about three quarters of the way through at the moment. I suppose he's one of the most driven men I've ever seen. I can take so many lessons from sports people and sports teams, which I bring into business. I suppose the last great book I read was Legacy about the All Blacks rugby team. This is no different in the lessons we can draw for leaders. He's an extraordinary man who demands the very best for himself and those around him. He pushes a team to their limits, which stretches them. And what he gets for the team is an ever-increasing bar that they must all reach. He will provoke confrontation in the team to see how they react to him, which shows a great deal of trust around him. And I know we'll talk a lot about the importance of trust in teams many times on this podcast. His desire and passion are phenomenal. His ability to take risks and try new things is also phenomenal. And it's just great to watch. And I've seen other people turn to it who aren't sports fans and get a lot out of it. At one stage, he even left his basketball career and moved over to baseball with the Chicago White Sox, where he became a pretty handy player too. But guess what? 18 months later, he announced, I'm back, and he returned to the Chicago Bulls. He's very open. The series shows great footage, not only of him on the basketball court and with his amazing team, but up-to-date interviews where they all reflect on his and their success. So I'm absolutely loving it, Ben. He's one of the greatest, isn't he? And it's interesting when we see somebody stand out from the crowd of elite athletes, as Michael does, always they're a natural, almost supernatural sports talent. But so often what goes in combination with that is a special skill and ability to drive a team to new heights. One of Michael Jordan's quotes, a bit provocative, and it always causes me to pause. There's no I in team, but there is in win. I'll leave that with you, Ian. Let's get to work on No Grit, No Pearl. Today's episode exploring the grittiness of leadership. Unpack this, Ian. No grit, no pearl. What does it mean for you? Well, Ben, there isn't an easy option here. There isn't a way of being a great leader and just gently meandering down the middle of the road. Leaders have to take a stance. They're people who must be able to take a risk, whether that be with a product, a service, or with their people. They've got to have extraordinary levels of ambition because they've got to drive people and energize their organizations to want to follow them. They've got to have people who willingly follow them. That's one of the definitions of leaders, a bit like Michael Jordan. They've got to confront people. They've got to challenge people. They've got to move people outside their comfort zone. They've got to move them into their stretch zone because that's where the learning and growth comes from. I'm always saying to leaders I'm coaching, if you want to grow your business, you've got to grow your people. It's that simple. And it won't happen by accident. You know, if it's not uncomfortable for you, if you're not feeling it's a bit tough, you're probably not doing the right thing as a leader. One of the things we learned from Patrick Lencioni's latest book, The Motive, is why are people trying to be leaders? Because it's not for everyone. Okay, Ben, so what does it mean to you, No Grit, No Pearl? You've talked about how leaders need to get out of their comfort zones and move others out of their comfort zones. Let's talk about something else uncomfortable, conflict. You mentioned Michael Jordan and how he provoked conflict in the team to see how people reacted. There's another reason for conflict in a team. It's vitally important if a team is going to find the best answers. 
there's a trap here, a huge trap. Competitive, personal, political conflict is fundamentally damaging in a team. There's no place for it. There's no place for, I'm right, you're wrong. Teams need to get beyond that. Productive conflict is completely different. It takes trust because productive conflict is about heated debate to get to the heart of important issues, tabling all the angles, surfacing all the options so that the best decision can be made. It involves overturning the opinions of others around the table, but in a way that's not personal, rather it's to find the best answer. Gritty leaders have got gritty teams that are strong enough to do this. In fact, they love working this way and it's a rare skill. Conflict of this type often leads to great questions. Questions that maybe have uncomfortable answers or they're uncomfortable because the answer is unknown. Gritty leaders and their teams are good at finding these questions and they'll stay with them even when it gets uncomfortable. They'll spend time. And when they're willing to do this, often it leads to uncovering the really valuable insights and the acknowledgements the team and the company need to make. With that, teams, companies, businesses leap ahead. They stand out, they steal a march on competitors, they do things better. Hence our title today, No Grit, No Pearl. Ian, back to you on this for a moment. We've both talked about going into some of the difficult places, doing the hard things. So my question to you, is it wise to take a team, to take an organisation quickly to those places? Well, yes, it is. But there are some health warnings. And there is some context that allows us to go into these conflict areas. And there's two things I'd say. And you've alluded to one of them, which is being stretched, having a goal or target or an ambition, which we all need. So there are a couple of things I believe need to be in place for us to go into these hard areas. Firstly, purpose for a business will allow us to go there because people have that understanding that there's something worthwhile, a reason for the business to exist. Then you have to couple that with a dream or vision that we're pursuing as an organization. And when your purpose is well-defined and your vision is compelling, then people will go the extra mile and do the hard yards and they'll take you there. Secondly, leaders need to show that they're not perfect, which can seem risky or alien to some leaders, but leaders need to show they don't have all the answers straight away, that they can get things wrong too. And by showing that, they're showing the vulnerability. Why is this useful? Well, until leaders show vulnerability, no one else is going to do it. And what is so critical as a leader is that you build a team and an organization that will try things and have the courage to stand up and say, when needed, that something didn't go so well. And none of that will happen if your people don't believe that you'll support them if things don't go so well. So you must be clear that if you want your people to do the hard stuff, you're there to coach and support them through it. So in summary, you need a purpose and a vision, something to aim for and to galvanize your people. It might also be goals. It might be strategy as well. But there's got to be something to draw your people together. And then you've got to create this safety net that allows people to take the risks. Then you can get into the conflict and the hard stuff.
And using different words, one of the needs you've described there is for psychological safety. Amy Edmondson, professor of leadership and management at Harvard, wrote a fantastic book about psychological safety called The Fearless Organization, which says a lot. That title says a lot. It's a powerful idea, this concept of I've got your back and we're going to step into the unknown. And what about the flip of that, Ben? Are we just saying organizations are going to be built on this hard stuff and this conflict? It sounds awfully hard coming to work every day. What about the smooth side, the softer side? Where's the room for that in leadership? Yeah, great point. We've both talked about the rough. What about the smooth? Talking earlier about Satya Nadella becoming CEO of Microsoft, I wondered whether startup and scale-up leaders feel they have the option to move at anything less than 100 miles an hour. Do they have time for the smooth? The way I look at it is the smooth is often about celebrating successes, both big and small. I'm reminded in my most recent managing director role, something I did was was have a special wine rack made. We'd had a change of direction after acquisition, actually a big change. And we set ourselves the task of winning a series of new customers, bigger, more strategic, new sectors around a new service offering. And it was a stretch, a big ask. And we did something simple to celebrate our small wins. I had a wine rack made and what was unusual about it was it was large enough to be filled with magnums of champagne. It's fit beautifully in an alcove in the office and each time we won a new customer that evening we'd get the team together and open a magnum. There would always be quite a few of us so there was just enough to toast the new customer and the team and then the empty bottle went back in the rack with a tag around its neck recording the name of our new customer. It was a simple way of celebrating and making sure we never let the grind get to us and keeping track of our progress. And one of the hallmarks of a high-performing team is they have a, a great capacity for fun. They're good at celebrating small victories in simple ways like this. It also signposts their ability to regroup fast when something hasn't gone well. So for me, leaders, when they balance the rough and the smooth, They need to be as purposeful about how they do this move as anything else. Great story. So why don't we wrap up? What have you learned about grit from this episode? What I realise is there's at least two types of difficult. There are the things that are hard to do. They stretch us. They demand more performance of us as leaders or of the team and organisation than we've delivered before. And we've talked about the unpleasant, and every leader I know has plenty of stories about what's unpleasant about leadership. You and I have talked about conflict, which can be really uncomfortable, and a topic I know we'll come back to time and again in future discussions is having the right people in the organisation and the wrong people out of the organisation. And those changes are really tough and unpleasant because these are still good people, We've loved working with them. We want them to be successful. And so dealing with those challenges, what an anodyne word, challenges, dealing with moving somebody out of the organisation is really unpleasant. And that's what I've been reminded of, that actually the, the grit 
is the hard stuff and the unpleasant stuff. And the great leaders, the gritty ones, they lean into both. How about you, Ian? What have you learned? Well, it strikes me that with leadership comes a huge amount of responsibility. You've been put into this role at the top of an organization. You're probably paid the most of anybody in the organization. And people are looking at you to see what you're going to do and how you're going to show up as a role model. You're largely responsible for developing the culture. The decisions you make, the way you act, will determine how successful the business is, what people feel about coming to work and how they develop and grow. This responsibility is huge. It's vital that when you come in in the morning, you consider everything you're doing. And taking that middle road of the easy life isn't really an option for leaders. It's not a choice you can take as a leader. This is a tough gig, and you've got to be up for it to be a great leader. And you've got to show grit. On that note, let's call it a wrap. No grit, no pearl, done for now. What's next, Ian? What have we got coming up? Well, we've got an episode called Leadership Begins at the Edge of Your Comfort Zone, Ben, which we're going to be recording soon. And that's going to be another cracker, I think. See you there. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gritty Leaders Club. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and join the club. If you'd like to ask a question or offer an opinion or suggest a guest, please get in touch with ben at benwales.com or ian at ianwindle.com. We'd love you to join the club and tell us what you think.